No more ordinary life. Come on, somebody, do it a little better. Do it a little better. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Praise God. And will you help me celebrate the elevation praise of praise for that powerful, powerful. I pray in the name of Jesus for somebody here this week. There will be joy unspeakable. In the name of the Lord Jesus, your faith will no longer fail. I said your faith will no longer fail. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. You're stepping into a week of possibilities. New possibilities. My God will open your eyes to see possibilities. In the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. Can you help me welcome somebody to church today? Uh, just, just, just shake hands with two people, three people. Welcome them to church. And everyone online, I want to welcome you very specially uh, for being a part of this service. I wanted to put distractions away from you and get ready to be blessed by the preaching and teaching of God's word in the precious name of Jesus. Uh, God is doing new things in the midst of his people. God is doing new things in our lives. Uh, I, I want you to know that you haven't seen the best of God in your life yet. You know the best of God uh, is never in our past, it's always in our future. And somebody here today, God brought you into this service and the things I'm going to say in this service is going to confirm the things that God has been saying to you. Because you are now living in doubt. You're doubting how things are going to pan out. You're doubting, you know, whether you're going to survive this or whether something is going to happen or not. God brought you into this service today to interact with the truth of his word so that your faith can be built up. And your confidence can be built up to understand that God wants you to forget the former things. He said, I will do a new thing, but you need to forget the things of old. Somebody, in the last few weeks, your faith has been rocked, really shaken. God brought you into this service because he wants to infuse strength to your faith to solidify your faith so that it can carry your next level and it can carry the things that God wants to do in your life. Because something new is starting in your life. Oh, I, I thought somebody would say a better amen. I said something new is starting in your life. I don't know who you are, but God knows you right here today. God is orchestrating newness in your life new things are going to start to happen and you will not be the same again in the name of Jesus. I know somebody, this word is resonating with you, so don't treat it lightly. Don't treat it lightly. You know, this is not just what pastor says before he preaches. No. I'm speaking to somebody here. Yeah. Some things have really shaken your faith in the last few weeks. And God wants to put strength in your innermost being strength to believe again because you need that strength and faith to pull through what is ahead of you and step into newness. And that's why I'm challenging you today. Yeah, I'm challenging you. We are not of them that draw back onto perdition. We are of them that believe in the saving of the soul. That's what the scripture says. While we do not look at the things which are seen 
For the things which are seen are temporal, but the things which are not seen are eternal. Yeah. The Bible says our light affliction, which is just but for a moment, it works for us a far more exceeding and eternal weight of glory. Yeah. Everything that has rocked your faith in recent past, they're just light affliction, light affliction, light affliction, light affliction. And if you will press beyond the limit, God is able to do exceeding abundantly and above that which you can ask or think. And that's what I'm telling you today. And I know God is going to confirm everything that I'm saying to you in the precious name of Jesus. Amen. Somebody say better amen. amen. Alright, let's get into the word of God today. We've been on the teaching series that we call the Creator's DNA. We're emphasizing the need for us to dig into our creativity in God, to dig into our ability to create solutions, our ability to be innovative, because it is there. And if we look away from it, we may not be able to maximize it. You know, it's one thing for you to have something potentially. It's for another thing for you to put potentials into action so that you can maximize what is potential. In life, nobody gets paid for potentials. It's when you release your potentials that you attract value. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. Somebody says, I have potential to sing. When you start to sing well, <laughs> then value will flow towards you. Yeah. Your potential notwithstanding is until you start to unleash the potential that you get value for the potential. This is a season where we believe that God is empowering us to unleash our potentials so that we can get value for the potentials that he has encoded in us. And I want you to, let me tell your neighbor today, say you carry something big. Say it's time to unleash it. It's time to release it. You know, age is not a barrier to the release of your potential. Caleb in the Bible, in the book of Numbers, at 80, 80 years old, Caleb said, I have enough strength to go out and to come in. He said, I, 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 I'm as strong as I was 40 years ago when we enter into this, this land. So age is not a barrier. Abraham was, was, was 75 or so when God called him out, out of uh, uh, Haran and said, go to the place that I will show you. It's time to unleash your potential. I want to start something new in your life. And it's, you're the one that can, can build up any or put anything in front of you, whether it's I'm too young or I'm too old or, or, you know, whatever you want to say. But as far as God is concerned, any limit that he has not placed on you, don't place it on yourself. So age is not a barrier, whether it's small or big. It's just in numbers. God, uh, the way he operates, if you are not dead, you are not done. Yeah. <laughs> Until you see God face to face, in heaven, it's not finished with you on earth. I will sit together. I said, I will sit together. God is not done with us. If you're still alive and well here, he's always looking for somebody to use, for somebody with which he can bat something new, for somebody with which he can do something extra. God is always looking, looking around for somebody, looking around for somebody. And it's a time where we need to crave encounters with God. I was sharing with our pastors and leaders at a Friday night prayer meeting. Yeah. Uh, we have a uh, you know, prayer gathering for our pastors and leaders on Friday evenings, uh, 9 to 10 p.m. And I was, uh, I was speaking virtually at the last one on Friday, uh, Isaiah chapter 8, uh, chapter 6, uh, um, uh, chapter 6, yeah, uh, where God was 
speaking uh, to Isaiah. Who shall go for us? Who shall we send? Isaiah said, here I am, send me. God wants to bring us into encounters this season that will start something new in our lives. Yeah, something new in our lives. Something new in our lives. Tell your neighbor for me, say something is about to start. Say it's new. It's big. It will transform your life. In the precious name of Jesus. Say better amen, somebody. Amen. The past week has been most extensive for me in terms of uh, traveling, uh, traveling around um, England and then coming back into Africa and being able to cover two African countries in the last uh, three days or so. Um, uh, uh, Francophone African countries, and Dakar, powerful leadership conferences, and I return with hope for Africa that if about 3,000 people can gather to hear about leadership in Togo, then something is happening in Africa. Yeah. Their old parliament building was jammed. I was amazed when I got there. <laughs> and I saw the crowd of leaders from all walks of life just coming to hear about leadership. Yeah. When I returned from Dakar yesterday, it was the same experience in Senegal. Uh, I have to use an interpreter, you know, I can't speak French. Yeah. But yet it was powerful. <laughs> it was powerful. Uh, the people in Dakar are saying, when are you coming back? I said, go and drink water on this first. <laughs> we'll be back soon. <laughs> Praise God. How to increase your earning power. How to increase your earning power. That's what I'm speaking about today. And it's just uh, too hard to where we were on the creator's DNA. How to increase your earning power. I know this is the kind of topic that you hear in a seminar, uh, financial management seminar, or whatever. This is not a seminar. Yeah. Or this is a seminar that is rooted in the Word of God. So I'm not just going to teach principles that you can hear from anywhere. We want to bring this into the Bible, and we're speaking based on increase that comes through the covenant of Abraham. How do you work with God to put yourself on a trajectory that leads to continuous increase. Wherever you are in your journey of wealth creation, whether you need a head start to start to build wealth, or God has already blessed you to some extent, how do you take it to the next level and make it consistent? Make it consistent. That's what we're discussing today. Uh, and it will task your, your, your creativity. It will task your ability to, to, you know, to do something with yourself. Because a lot of the time, the downside of New Testament Christianity is that people tend to put all the responsibility on God to do everything. Because we say God is a God of miracles. And God is still doing miracles today. And I believe it. We see miracles every day. But miracles are more sustainable when there is uh, uh, a collaboration between divinity and humanity. When we put all the responsibility on divinity and humanity is just, you know, lazing around and just wishing and watching, the miracle may not be sustainable. That kind of miracle is what we got, they got in the wilderness. Manna, manna. Manna had no human input. You just go and carry. But when they left the wilderness and stepped into the promised land, manna ceased. In the promised land, you don't get miracle that excludes humanity. You have to sow. You have to water what is sown. Yeah. 
the only thing is that the, the foot of the land is massive. <laughs> but it's not going, going to appear like manna in the wilderness. Yeah. You have to cultivate. That's the difference between the wilderness and the promised land. Somebody still following me? Have you read the story of the Jews in the Bible before? I'm, I'm assuming that all of us are familiar with what I'm saying. Well, if you're not, to just to bring you up to speed, when the Israelites left Egypt, they had to pass through the wilderness before they could get to the promised land. In the wilderness, God rained manna from heaven. That's a type of miracle. But when they got to the brink of Jordan, the, 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 you know, the, 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 the boundary of the promised land, the Bible says manna ceased. And they saw the promised land, everything was working there. But when you plug into it, you have to engage fully. So the promised land miracles happen based on the cooperation between humanity and divinity. When you are still in the wilderness, you are excused. God does everything. But when you enter into your promised land, you have to cooperate with God to make things happen. Are we still together? I said, are we still together? Real wealth is not in the wilderness. They did not build houses in the wilderness. Yeah. They did not plant anything or harvest anything in the wilderness. They just picked up manna. And God sustained the clothes in their body, sustained their footwear. That, 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 that was wilderness miracles. Yeah. Anybody that is enjoying wilderness miracles, is the least that you can experience from God. You cannot maximize the covenant of Abraham in the wilderness. It wasn't meant for the wilderness. It was meant for the promised land. Is somebody still with me today? When God spoke to Abraham, he said, I will take, I'll, I'm taking you to a place that I will show you. And in that place, you will experience greatness. You will be blessed. And through you, all the nations of the earth shall be blessed. So as Christians, we must do something to our minds, not to you know, condition it for wilderness miracles. Am I speaking to somebody today? We must condition our mind for promised land miracles. It, it, it will place a demand on you. This church that is called to make greatness common is raising people who will be experiencing promised land miracles on a daily basis. Yeah. People can come in with the wilderness experience and they get a windfall of manna, but we're not going to stop there. I will say together. I said I will say together. This country will not change. Africa will not change. I'm getting an opportunity to travel around Africa a lot these days and I'm seeing that Africa will not change if we focus on wilderness miracles. Mm. I want that, that to sink in. Is anybody getting what I'm saying? Yeah. Wilderness miracles don't lead to development. Yeah. They don't build infrastructure in the wilderness. That's why we lack infrastructure. <laughs> yeah. Because the mind of the people is to just get something out of nothing. No. We don't want things happen. We make things happen. It will task our creativity. It will task, you know, our capacity for innovation. It will task our capacity for leadership. If we want to create real wealth, 
Is somebody still with me today? Yeah. It's okay to give a testimony. God just provided money and my needs were met supernaturally. I have to pay my house rent and the money just came. Fine, we'll celebrate God with you. But it's time to build houses for people. To build a whole city. That is the promised land miracles. Yeah. You have to move away from all that, you know, celebrating little things. When there's more with God. Glory be to Jesus. You know, I know I'm sounding some out today. But you see, when you are plugging into the covenant more, if care is not taken, you start to sound arrogant. <laughs> and I'm, I'm not arrogant. At least I believe. Yeah. I hope I'm right. <laughs> but when you're looking, you know, into the word of God and you're getting revelation about what is possible in God, in communicating it, you may sound arrogant. Yeah. You may sound arrogant. And it's not arrogance. Of ourselves, we can do nothing. We can only do all things through Christ who strengthens us. Glory be to Jesus. Deuteronomy chapter 8 and verse number 18. Or let's read it from verse 15 down to 18. Deuteronomy chapter 8 from verse 15 down to 18. I've said a lot already, but I need to dive into the word of God right now. It said, who led you through the great terrible wilderness in which were fairy serpents and scorpions and, and thirsty land where there was no water? Who brought water for you out of the flinty rock? Look at verse 16. Who fed you in the wilderness with manna, which your fathers did not know, that he might humble you, that he might test you to do you good in the end? Verse 17 says, then you say in your heart, that's when you got to your promised land, uh, my power and the might of my hand has gained me this wealth. Look at verse 18. And you shall remember. Somebody say, I will remember. Say it again, say, I will remember. Said, you shall remember the Lord your God, for it is he who gives you power to get wealth, that he may establish his covenant which we saw today, he swore today, I mean to your fathers, as it is this day. So look at that. Moses here was chronicling this thing to the Israelites. God made you pass through the wilderness. He showed up to your fathers. He fed them with manna. He brought water out of the flinty rock, you know, and all that uh, uh, but when you get into your prom the promised land, don't forget the Lord your God. Remember that it's the one that gives you power to get wealth. Yeah, power to get wealth. In the promised land, you need the power, the capacity, the strength to build wealth. To build wealth. And this, the Bible says, God releases it because of the covenant that he has with Abraham covenant that he has with Abraham. And everyone that is in Christ is part of the covenant of Abraham. Jesus came to bring us into that covenant, though we're not biological Jews, but we're spiritual Jews. Yeah, we're spiritual Jews. God cut a covenant with one man and said, through you, all the families of the house shall be blessed. And then Jesus came and died for our sins and brought us into that covenant. That's why Galatians 3, verse 13 and 14, Galatians 3, verse 13 says, Christ has redeemed us from the curse of the law. And stressful curses, uh, all those kind of things, say Christ has redeemed us from it. It has, it has redeemed us from the limitations of the law. So whether Jews or Gentiles, 
He said, Christ has given us from the cause of the law, for it is written, cause is everyone that hung on the tree. Verse 14 says, that the blessing of Abraham may come upon the Gentiles in Christ Jesus, that we may receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. So, can somebody say after me, say, I'm in the covenant of Abraham, through the death and resurrection of Christ. Say, I qualify to walk in the covenant of Abraham. Say, that covenant of Abraham guarantees divine prosperity. It opens one up for creativity and for wealth creation. Say, I'm part of it. Say, I'm a part of it. I'm a part of it. Say it again. Say, I'm a part of it. Praise God. I said, praise God. So by virtue of the covenant, we have received the power, the capacity to attract wealth. The strength, the wisdom to attract wealth. That's what we have received by virtue of the covenant. But you know the scripture says in Ecclesiastes 10 and verse 10, it says, if the axe is dull, one does not, need, one does not sharpen the edge, then it must use more strength, but wisdom brings success. If you want to cut a tree and the axe is dull and you refuse to sharpen the edge, then you have to use more strength. If you are in a covenant and you are not activating the covenant, it means that things can be very tough. That's where we have Christians who are struggling to build wealth, to multiply wealth, despite the fact that the blessing of Abraham is upon them potentially. So upon them potentially. So that's what we're talking about. The reason why many Christians are not able to activate the covenant of Abraham in terms of, you know, wealth creation is because there are certain acts, edge sharpening activities that are not going on. Many people are approaching you know, the tree with axe head that is dull. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. So it creates a difficulty in being able to pull truly and fully into the covenant of Abraham and activating the wealth and the covenant of increase. So that's what I want to spend the remaining time that I have to just unpack very quickly. Practical competencies to continually increase your earning power and to build wealth. There are practical competencies that each and every one of us must build if we want to activate the blessing of Abraham that guarantees increase and divine wealth. One of those practical competencies is critical thinking and problem-solving skills. Now, you can be listening to me, whether you're in the room or online, and feel like, but I think I'm in church. This looks like what I should be taught at work. The only problem is that when you are taught this at work, it doesn't engage your spirit. It only engages your mind. The way I'm teaching it today, I want you to engage your spirit and your mind together. You know, there's a difference between just building your intellect. There's a difference between building your intellect and building your spiritual intelligence at the same time. It makes it work together. How do you see your, I mean, if you are like Jacob in the Bible, who went to work for his, his uncle, and the uncle was a mega cheat. 
It changed all the contract, all the time. But with both natural intelligence and spiritual intelligence, based on the covenant of Abraham, as Jacob being his grandson, Jacob cried to God. Jacob had a dream. God showed him what to do to, you know, to, to, to cause some genetic arrangement in the animals. Very innovative idea. You remember the story where he will be taking care of Laban's animals and then he will put some streaks and speckled stick in front of them as they were mating. And when they produce animals, they will produce the one that's supposed to be his salary, his wage. Yeah. <laughs> so two plain animals will give birth to spotted animal. That is genetic engineering. But it happened in a spiritual process because God showed him something and he walked in it. But the problem is that most Christians, even when we receive revelation, we find it difficult to understand it because we have not activated our mind by the Holy Spirit. There are certain revelations God will show some people, you will not be able to interpret it because your mind and your capacity for critical thinking and problem solving has not been activated. I hope somebody's following me today. Yeah. Critical thinking and problem solving that is not just natural, but that is spiritual. Now you sit in a meeting. They discuss an issue. And you are thinking and asking the Holy Spirit question at the same time. Yeah. And frequencies are jamming in the spirit. At the end of the day, you will say one thing and it delivers the result. That's not just natural intelligence. It's a mix of natural and supernatural intelligence together. And we've seen it work not just in the Bible, but in real life. I've been in situations where I know that this one, I need supernatural intelligence to work something out. But you know the problem of most people, first and foremost, is that our minds shut down too quickly when we engage complex situations. And that's what I believe God wants to help somebody with today. That your mind will no longer shut down in the face of complex problems. Only two people said amen. amen. You know it's possible when you are working with the Spirit of God for you to engage very complex problems and you are excited. Yeah, you are excited. You are excited. You are excited because you know that God is about to manifest himself. You can't build wealth if your mind will always shut down in the face of complex situations, complex problems. People who build sustainable wealth are people who have trained themselves to be able to confront complex problems and resolve them. Yeah, especially with the help of God. Are you still with me today? I said, are you still with me today? In John chapter 6, Jesus was about to feed 5,000 men with their wives and children. They were stranded in the wilderness. John chapter 6, can you put it up for me? I think from verse 5. John 6 and verse number 5. The Bible says, Jesus lifted up his eyes, seeing a great multitude coming toward him. He said to Philip, look at this. Philip is an example of the regular Christian of today. He said to Philip, we have this complex problem in front of us. There are 5,000 men with their families here. They're famished. We need to feed them. 
Where shall we buy bread that, we, that these people may eat? <laughs> and the Bible said, he said it to test him. For he himself knew what he would do. Jesus had already thought through the process. The spiritual and the physical implication. The physical implication is that we have to be able to buy or manufacture bread. I hope you are getting what I'm saying. The spiritual implication is that God can bring a miracle here with certain, you know, divine circumstances. And then he asked Philip. Philip's mind here, look at how it worked. The answer showed how his mind was working. Philip answered him, 200 denarii worth of bread is not sufficient for them that every one of them may have a little. There are many things wrong with this statement. The first thing is that Jesus did not ask about how much. He said, where? <laughs> Philip's mind shut down with this complex problem because he was only thinking about money. Secondly, Jesus did not say we want to give them little, little. Yeah. He said, I have come that you may have life and have it in abundance. Wherever he went, there was abundance. Philip's mind also went down to little, little. Those two things, amongst many others, time will not permit me, were wrong with this guy. And the average Christian will be shortchanged from walking in the fullness of the covenant of increase if we continue with this kind of mindset. When you engage complex problems, does your mind shut down or does it open up? One man once said that the mind of a man is like the parachute. It doesn't work except it's open. You know, if you jump down from the aeroplane and you have a parachute, if your parachute will not open, your next appointment will be with the pavement. I hope you understand what I'm saying. <laughs> the mind of a man is like the parachute. It does not work or deliver result except it's open. Open, open. Philip's mind here shut down. 200 denarii there represents Philip's annual salary. Yeah, because the annual salary of a middle class worker those days was 200 denarii. You know, it's like some people here, when you bring any financial situation to them, they gauge the financial situation based on their last, uh, on their highest income. Yeah, on their salary. Everything is our salary. May God deliver you from salary. Amen. Can I hear a better amen? amen. Yeah. And how it happens is that you start to think and attempt things by faith, not limited to your salary. Just thinking about possibilities, possibilities, possibilities. Because God wants to bless you beyond your salary. God wants to increase your capacity to even earn more than what you are doing now. So you see it there. Jesus was not talking about little. He wasn't talking about how much. He was only talking about where. <laughs> and he wanted to feed them big. I've experienced this before many times. I shared one uh, um, in, in one of our services, in last service. Uh, um, for instance, as a CEO, as a business owner, as a manager, if your mind will not open to the covenant as a Christian, you can put a lead on the organization you are leading. When in 2013, nine years ago, our church was at number three, Remyolo Dewey, where we have Life Point Church, Pieces Annex, we call it. 
you know, the land was leased. We put the tent, two tents, one for children, one for adults. And um, within like 18 months there, we're already running three or four services. Less than two years in one location. So I put the pastors together, we went on a retreat, and we said, look, let's plan ahead. What should we be trusting God for in terms of facility, parking facility, children facility, adult facility? What's our next wave of growth? Where should we be thinking? What should we be thinking? And, and we came out of that retreat. We said the first thing is that for this main church, we need land that is not less than 10,000 square meters. That's what can cater to the next level of our growth so we can collapse services and then grow from there. And that was okay. The only problem was that when we put words out for people to, realtors to, you know, give us offers, there was nothing that was found around this Lekki Peninsula, 10,000 square meters, that was less than a billion naira. Yeah. Anything over 10,000 square meters, you know, was, at that time, was going for that kind of range, especially uh, in a visible location, like on the road, you know, and all that. Yeah, so <laughs> I told my PA when he brought it to me, I said, file it away. I said, they're looking for somebody to kill. <laughs> yeah. You know, when you start to say, I cannot come and die, <laughs> it's a signal that you have hit your limit. You need more grace. Yeah. Anytime you catch yourself, whether in marital situation, in work situation, I cannot kill myself. I cannot come and die. What you're supposed to be saying is, God, I need grace. Yeah, I need grace. Problems don't kill people. We are here to solve problems. Especially as leaders, we are here to solve problems. Yeah, we are here to solve problems. You know, if I didn't have the encounter I had, some of you would probably not be here today as part of this church, because maybe the church will still be at that location. Because for months, almost through, all through 2013 into 2014, every proposal they brought to me, I said, file it away. My mind could not handle it. Yeah. Capacity for critical thinking and problem solving was very limited. As at the time, I had not done any transaction that was above one billion before. So, one day I was praying, and the Holy Spirit started to challenge me. You are going to limit the destiny of this church. What I was hearing that God said, I will remove you. I will remove you. Get somebody else to lead this church or shut the church down because the church is growing, but your mind is not growing. Yeah. I was seriously challenged by that encounter. I went to the office the next week. I told my PA, everything you have filed away, bring it. Put it on my table. I was looking at, you know, 15,000 square meters, 20,000 square meters. This place that we're in is, I think, 17,500 square meters. Yeah. Minus the car park. Just this place. Yeah. Put everything on the table, including this one too. When you don't know what to do, pray in the Holy Ghost. Karada Stretch my hands over everything. All of a sudden, something started happening to me, which is that it didn't look like a problem again. Because the Holy Spirit started to talk to me. That, okay, they said that one is 1.2 billion. Did, that, did they say you must pay it now? Why can't you tell them all we have is 150 million? 
How can we pay for two years? Can we pay for three years? Have we even asked? Uh, instead of your mind shutting down. Yeah. And that was how it started. That was how it started. <laughs> Many people are putting a lead on the organizations because they refuse to grow and enlarge their mind and develop their faith. And God is depending on you. If you don't want to lose your leadership, you have to grow. You have to develop capacity for critical thinking, for problem solving. You have to increase your capacity to solve problems and bring solutions on the table. The rest that they say is history. This place was bought for well over a billion naira. It was paid up in one year. Just take the step, and God has a way of backing you up. Yeah. It was paid up in one year. And I made sure that construction did not start until this place was fully paid. I told God, let's pay it up, and then let's start construction. And you know how much we have spent over this place to construct? Now, that's not the testimony. The testimony is that even the place that we leased then, that we did not own, is now owned. And around the city now, properties in multiples of billion are now owned by this church. Greater Lekki, on the mainland, everywhere. Yeah. In like four locations around the city. From being in a place that is leased and my faith was rocked to the bottom. And I couldn't... I, can you hear me tell your neighbor, say the covenant will work in your life. Say your faith will grow. Say it will attract its material equivalent. You will not be behind in God's agenda. In the name of the Lord Jesus. Glory be to God. I said glory be to God. Say it is possible to solve complex problems. When you allow the Holy Spirit to infuse your thought. I started to gather people together in this church. Some of them are sitting in our building committee up to now. Sat with them. This is the problem. This is what we want to do. I prayed. God said it is possible. And I started bringing ideas and solutions. Ideas and solutions. When your mind is open, God will, you will start to attract the right people who will contribute to your small idea and make it big. Yeah. And chart a, a path forward for what God is about to do in your life. The second one, quickly. Money and resource management. Anyone that wants to work in a covenant and build wealth must learn how to manage money and resources and other resources well. Either is faithful in little, more is added. Yeah. Managing people and managing money is one thing that we don't talk about so much in church. Yet, we prophesy the blessing of Abraham. The blessing of Abraham is rooted in strong management. God hates waste. He hates waste. So not only will you need to develop capacity for critical thinking and problem solving, you also need to develop capacity for money and resource management. Yeah. Money and resource management. In the same John chapter 6, that chapter is loaded. That's in John chapter 6. After Jesus finished dealing with Philip, the next thing that he said 
was to focus on how to manage the people. Yeah. Focus on how to manage the people. Number, uh, verse, verse number 10 or so. Yeah. Verse number 10. Let's go to verse number 10 quickly. Verse number 10. Manage the people before manage the resources. Then Jesus said, make the people sit down. Now there were much grass in the place. So the men sat down in number about 50,000. Yeah. Manage the people. Put them in groups. I know about 5,000, sorry. So they put them in smaller groups. And then the disciples were supposed to take the bread from him. So he managed his own team and then managed the crowd. How are you developing capacity to relate better with people? Because human beings are the greatest resource on the planet Earth. Yeah, not your machinery, not your buildings. Human beings are the greatest resource on the planet Earth. When we manage them better, we get the best out of the covenant of Abraham. Yeah. Abraham himself was, was great at managing people. He was a man given to hospitality. He received people into his home. He received angels into his home. Self. And he, initially, he thought they were men that he was just resourcing. Until they started to speak to him the mind of God. Then he knew he had had an encounter with an angel. How are you with people? The covenant of world creation will not work without the right ability to manage people. The people in the world who are using the power of the devil to get money, they know how to maneuver people. They do it with, you know, by crook or by hook, but we do it with the love of God and with supernatural intelligence. Are you still with me today? You know, in the last service, I was telling uh, the people in the service, people have said in this country, when there was the issue of tithing or no tithing, whether people should tithe or not, they were saying, oh, uh, this person is rich, but they don't tithe. That one is rich, but they don't tithe. And, and I laughed. I laughed because people think we come to church because of money. You are bringing the blood of Jesus to very little level. No. We are here because of the salvation of our soul and how to be relevant in the kingdom of God. The devil can give you billions of dollars. You don't need God to make money. You don't need God at all. You don't have to ever give to God or tithe. If your whole aim in life is to be wealthy, you don't need God. You don't need God. Can I prove it to you? Can I prove it to you? Read Matthew chapter 4. The temptations of Jesus. Matthew chapter 4 from verse 1. The Bible says that Jesus was led into the wilderness and he fasted 40 days and 40 nights. And when he was hungry, he came out. As he was coming out, the devil came and tempted him. Yeah. And what was one of the temptations? It took him to the pinnacle of the temple or so. And he said, look, all this, the world and the vast wealth of it. Yeah. He said, all these things I will give you if you fall down and worship me. Listen to that. The devil gives wealth. What was the answer of Jesus to it? Jesus did not dispute his capacity to give wealth. He only disputed who to worship. Where the wealth, who you worship is what determines what flows to you. Are you still with me? Jesus only disputed how he was going to get it. I'm not going to worship you. I'm not going to get it from you. My father is able to give me. If the devil did not have capacity to give money, to give wealth, Jesus would have said, you're a liar. You can't, you can't give. It's not with you. No. 
The devil channels resources to people. People join court and they get big money. You don't need to be in church. You can join court to... It's simple. Yeah, if your aim is money. Yeah. You can do what money is all over the place. Some of the wealthiest people in the world, they're not Christians. The only thing is that the blessing of the Lord, it makes one rich and it has no sorrow. Yeah. Glory be to Jesus. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when they said, oh, commit to God, give a tithe or sow a seed, you know, do that, make sure that your wealth is committed to God and you say, this person does not pay tithe. Do you know their own tithe in their kingdom? Because the tithe in their kingdom can be your firstborn. Yeah. Their tithe in their kingdom can be their wife. <laughs> you understand what I'm saying? The tithe in their kingdom can be that nobody in this, uh, the tithe is the, <laughs> is the spouse of all the women. So you just see that nobody has a spouse. I, I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. All kinds of things out there. Because it's a kingdom that is not motivated by love. Yeah. Evil cannot give love. The devil gives money. So if you want to be rich and that's your all aim in life, stop coming to church. Yeah. Go somewhere else. <laughs> yeah. This place is not about money only. I hope you understand what I'm saying. That's why I started from the African mindset of wilderness miracles. We follow God because of manna. When God says, I have big stuff for you if you walk in the covenant. I don't know if somebody's following me today. So what has happened right now is I digress into my last point when I've not finished. <laughs> yeah, Because my last point is actually about the covenant mindset to wealth. But let me quickly finish that one and then I'll finish finally. Because I was talking about people and money management. Am I saying the truth? Yeah. He that is faithful in little is the one that more is added to. One of the ways you show that you're faithful in little is to manage resources well. We have too many wasters in the kingdom of God who are praying to God for more, but they are not managing what they have well. Yeah, they're not managing what they have well. When aggregated, what looks like crumbs may be more than your profit margin. Pay serious attention to leakages. After all the miracles of feeding 5,000, Jesus said, gather the fragment. Gather the fragment so that nothing be wasted. When people experience small prosperity, they become very, you know, lavish in their approach to life. Just waste money anyhow. Yeah. You want to celebrate birthday, you spend 20 million or 30 million. You know, things like that. That's what I'm talking about. And, and that's even smaller. Because if you have enough money, you can spend the money. But just make sure that you are spending it right. But I'm talking about even people that don't have. How can you be borrowing money to do birthday and you expect the blessing of God? Huh? I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Borrow money to do wedding because you want to fill among. And yet you are praying for more increase. God will hold you down to that level so that you learn sense. 
at that level. Well, yes, before he release you to the next level. It's like carryover course. You do it. There's no graduation until you, you have received that exam. And I'm speaking to somebody here right now. Yeah. Wear your covenant hat, your covenant cap today. He that is faithful in little, more is added. More is added. More is added. More is added. Jesus said, gather the fragment. I was sharing the last service how some people manage business, manage enterprises. You don't pay attention to the details. You don't even know where things are leaking out from. Everybody who works with anything that I'm a part of knows that I pay attention to details. I was here last week, was it Wednesday or Thursday, uh, came into our studio to record some things and I had like two or three of our interns with me and I got into the studio and it looked like the place was very chilled as if they put on the AC a long time. I said, ah, who switched on the AC for this long? We pay a lot for power here. Those guys were looking at me like, should that be important to you? You came to do recording. I said, it's important because I know the Nepal Bee for last month. <laughs> I can tell you right now. And I told them, they were looking at me like this. Yes, I said, I checked the important things. Yeah. The Nepal Bee of this old complex, I know it here. I can tell you now. The one for the month before, I can tell you now. I don't have to open book. Some of those things just stick here because we pay attention to the details. I cannot leave my office and leave the AC on. I don't do that in my house. Yeah. Because some people, you get to your office, just sweet everything, sweet is there. The organization is paying. Just go and sit down. If you're a covenant person, that business does not have to be your business for you to manage it well. You understand what I'm saying? Yeah. It doesn't have to be your business. There's a covenant mindset that detests waste. And you pay attention to details. In 2 Kings chapter 6, the sons of the prophet said, the place where we were is too small for us. 2 Kings chapter 6 from verse 1. So they called on Elisha the prophet, go with us that we can go to Jordan, let's get resources, wood and all that, and build a bigger place. And Elijah, the Bible says Elisha consented with them and he went with them. And they borrowed resources, including axes, to, you know, to, to cut down trees. And, you know, while they were cutting down trees, the axe head fell off. One, uh, in verse 5 there, the guy shouted, Alas, master, for it was borrowed. Many Christians are in trouble today because of loans that they could not pay back. They borrowed resources to, you know, to do the work. The axe head fell off. When the prophet who represented God in that situation will respond, what did he say? What did Elisha say there? Give me the next verse. So the man of God said, where did it fall? If God comes today and says, where is the leakage in your business? Can you locate it? Yes, you are praying for increase. He said, what did it fall? The guy said, right there. He cut the tree, put it there, the axe had floated. There are miracles of restoration that are eluding people because they're not paying attention to details. Yeah, not paying attention to details. Just getting used to anyhow leakages, everything, even you as a business owner, you are the chief of the leakage. Just spend anyhow, call for money, anyhow. No, no record of impress, you know, today, give me uh, $1,000. Tomorrow, give me 500K. I just want to get to that place. And you just spend, and you go like that. Yeah. Just waste money. You're not holding anybody accountable. They can't hold you accountable. You can't walk in the covenant of Abraham like that. Abraham was not like that. I don't know if somebody's following me today. It's important 
Because we don't talk about these things a lot in church, but we need to. Because Africa cannot continue to remain behind. See, the level of wealth that God wants to bring to some of our lives is the wealth that even the federal government cannot do anything about you. Yeah. Can't do anything about you. Can you see the, the last uh, um, national award they gave? Some of these tech entrepreneurs, young men, they were just giving them national award. They don't understand how they are making their money. But they know it's legit, so they have to recognize them. I don't know if you understand what I'm saying. Yeah, they, they just have to recognize them. Because if you, if you build a unicorn, the old people in Asherog, they don't understand how to build a unicorn. They only understand how to spend state money, state wealth. So when you see young men becoming billionaires in dollars, you have to respect them. Many of that is going to happen in this country. In the name of Jesus. God is bringing wealth your way that even the government will not be able to handle. They will not be able to stop you. In the name of Jesus. The era of the richest people in Africa being people that have been aided by the government is going to be over. It's over already. Yeah. Yeah. So not only people who, are, you know, who suck up to political powers that can be rich. Yeah. A lot of the people who are leading in wealth creation in developed countries, they don't suck up to political powers. They task their intellect, their creativity and innovation. Wealth flow in that direction. Then the government will not have any choice but to recognize them. I see many people in this church. That is going to be your testimony. I said that is going to be your testimony in the name of the Lord Jesus Christ. But you have to pay attention to details. You have to manage people well, manage resources well. This one of talking to people anyhow, that's some, I mean, uh, thank God for, for, you know, for testimonies from this church. Last week, uh, on Sunday in Manchester at the meet and greet, a, a, a young man came with his family. And when it was time for comment, I was blown away by his comment. He said, I'm a business owner in Nigeria. I manage my business in Nigeria. My family is now here. My wife is in school, so I shut up. But there's one thing that I want to say about the Elevation Church. He said, before I joined the Elevation Church, my wife is here to testify. And his wife actually stood up after to testify again in the front of everybody. They were not ashamed about it. Said before I joined this church, I was very hot headed. I spoke to people anyhow. I was leading a good business, so I was arrogant. And people were leaving my business because of the way, said I could get angry because of anything. I think he mentioned a particular teaching series. And he said, from that teaching series, God told him, just watch your pastor and behave like him. He said, My wife is here, she can testify. People started coming to say something has happened to you. You are, no, you are not the person we used to know. And he said there was restoration in his business. You know the truth was that by the time the guy finished speaking and his wife corroborated it, somebody just lifted up their hand. When is this church starting in Manchester? <laughs> I wasn't prepared for that. <laughs> I just had to say, you know what? Give us time. <laughs> Give us time. We plan and then, we, you know, we channel our resources, but we're going to do something, so just give us time. That's how powerful the testimony was. So you can't be coming to this kind of church. You talk anyhow. You abuse people. You curse people. You're fired. <laughs> you know, you don't build wealth like that. Even if you're going to fire people, there's to be procedure. 
I hope you understand what I'm saying. Yeah. Let them know that they should be fired and let them know, you understand what I'm saying? All this, you know, this bugar kind of thing, it, cannot, it shouldn't be happening here. Yeah, it, it, the covenant does not give room for that. I hope you understand what I'm saying. When Abraham will release, uh, uh, what's Lot? He did it in a way that when they bring the future report, I mean, the report in the future, nobody could blame him for however Lot ended his life. Yeah, he gave him a long rope. Nobody could say it was because of Abraham that Lot failed. Lot failed on his own because Abraham walked in a covenant with Lot. I hope you understand what I'm saying. Talking about managing people, managing resources well. And God will help all of us in the name of Jesus Christ. Somebody say a better amen. amen. Or say a more powerful amen, somebody. Amen. Lastly today, lastly today, I double into it before now, kingdom consciousness. All that I have, all that I will ever have, they all belong to God. Yeah. Jesus said, no man takes my life from me. I have the power to lay it down and I have the power to pick it up. What you lay down before God is what determines what you pick up. Many people want to pick up great businesses, pick up wealth, pick up opportunities. But when God calls on you, your hands are empty. You, you can't lay down anything. Abraham was supposed to become the father of many nations. But God asked for his only son, Isaac, and was willing to lay him down. That opened up everything for all the possibilities of what God would want to do in his life. Are you living with a stewardship mindset? Yeah. Are you conscious of the kingdom of God? You know, we live in a time where everybody talks about, you know, just being nice, just being good, being philanthropic in your approach, take care of people. And that is not bad in itself. It's just that anybody can be philanthropic. But not any, everybody pushes the kingdom of God. And the Bible says since the day of John the Baptist until now, the kingdom of God is forcefully advancing and the forceful are pressing into it. How are you pressing into the kingdom? Is your money being used to preach the gospel? Is your money bringing the good news to people who have not heard about it before? Is your money building churches? Yeah. Is your money impacting lives for the sake of the kingdom? Do you give regularly to God? He that is faithful in the unrighteous mammon. That's what the scripture says. Then, God will open real, real wealth to them. If you want to get wealth through the kingdom of God, you want it to be on the increase, you want it to be, to be sustained, you must be a giver. Somebody who loves God with your heart to the point that there's nothing he can ask you for that you cannot give. That kind of a person does not argue about worshiping God with 10%. To now say whether it's Old Testament or New Testament. It's not a matter of testament. Do you still love God? Yeah. Because there's no testament that nullifies love for God. And if you love someone, you give to them. Yeah. The proof of love is giving and the proof of love is to, be, to forgive. If you love someone, you'll forgive them. If you love someone, you'll give to them. Yeah. So if you want to enjoy increase, that comes from God, you must be the kind of person 
that God can touch your heart from time to time to be a blessing to other people and at the same time to be a blessing to the kingdom of God. Every time I stand here to preach, my heart is glad that the Elevation Church is raising some peculiar people who understand the kingdom of God and who are addicted to the kingdom of God. That's why here we don't overdo when it comes to kingdom projects. We just mention and people respond because their heart is burning for God. Yeah. You know, some people who have not been here for a while, they just came one day and you saw the building at the back was finished. And when, as we're building, I didn't come here one day to say, we want to do the third decking tomorrow. How many people will pay for the decking? Have you heard anything like that here before? It's because there are faithful people here who honor God with their substance from their heart. From their heart. Last week, I gave testimony last week. Last week, I was, I was in, you know, uh, London, Manchester. When I was going back to London to catch my flight to come back home, a young man who's a member of this church called me and said, PG, I just want to, if you don't mind, 30 minutes, I just want to see you on your way to the airport. So I said, oh, I'm coming through this particular uh, train station, and then I'll go back to my hotel. If we can just meet there before I catch my Uber to the airport, fine. And so I, I'll come. I'll come. So he showed up. We just sat at the reception because I was just going there to pick my luggage. And we chatted about 30 minutes, told me about some few things that he was working on, his business, which is, it started from here, has grown. They have offices in a few countries now and doing well. Now he spends more time in the UK where he had his, his office and all that. We just chatted. Say, I said a prayer over him and I was going Passage uh, already called my Uber. It was called his Uber. We were almost walking out of the hotel when he just pulled me aside and said, PG, but you know, last couple of weeks, I feel God has been telling me to sow a seed to the church. I said, oh, that's okay. He said, the only thing is that I've not given at that level before. He said, the Holy Spirit is touching my heart to give $100,000 to the church. I said, that means God wants to promote you to the next level. Because when you break the glass ceiling, on behalf of God. It means that God, you know, I said, so, he said, it's not easy. I said, it can't be easy. Yeah, it can't be easy. Yeah. Can't be, because I've been there before. How can it be easy? When you're, uh, uh, I mean, when I was in this time, I've given the testimony before. I was driving away from church one day. I just bought this Nissan Maxima, you know, very lovely car. As I was driving out of the gate, a woman was holding two children, walking out. And I heard God say, your car belongs to that woman. Ah, it can't be easy. I was burning the devil until I reached home. But the voice will not leave. And, and I told my wife, see, there's nothing I've told my wife that has to do with giving that she has said no to before. So sometimes when God says something to me, I'm afraid to tell her because she will say yes. She has never said no before. At least to even say no so that I can use to corroborate that God, both of us were not agreeing. And this, this car is a family car. I cannot give it. She said, if that's what God is saying, that's what God is saying. Ah. And I know the lady well. Her husband was a protocol officer in church. I just humble myself during the week. Without anything, I just went to change the particulars to their name. And I called the guy. And I called my pastor too and said, this is what God is saying. So... And I cannot give somebody's wife car just like that. I'll give the husband to give the wife. 
after I don't think I'm after your wife. So, <laughs> because it's God that put me into this kind of thing. I don't understand it. You understand what I'm saying? It's never easy. But God uses it to break something in us, break some limits in our heart so that we don't remain like Philip, who is always thinking about salary. When you have seed in the ground, salary cannot hold you down. Yeah. So today, car cannot be my problem because that's not the first time. The second time I was at this door two years ago or so, the Range Rover I, I, I drive now, I was standing here when a man and his wife walked up to me and said, eh, God spoke to us to buy you a car. I said, stop more. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I said, God said we should buy. You want to buy me a car? Yeah. I said, what kind of car? I said, you know, I used to drive LR4, but I gave it out. Yeah. I gave a pastor on the mainland. Not our church pastor. One pastor on the mainland. He said, yes, we have not been seeing the car. Yes, it's because God said I should give it out. So God must have sent you. <laughs> so he said, what kind? I said, was planning to change it to a Range Rover. And it has to be new because I bought that one, brand new. <laughs> it's ask and you shall receive now. I didn't beg them now. They were the one that came to meet me. When you have seed in the ground, you are not shy about placing a demand on your seed. Two months down the line, the car came from America. Yeah. So I'm not, I drive it around today. It's not church money. So I don't have anything. If you like, beef me. If you cannot envy my seed, don't envy my asset, harvest. Yeah. That's the kingdom way. Somebody sit with me today. By the time I got to the airport, the young man sent me a message. It was a proof of payment. He has wired the money. I sent him a message. I said, God has shifted you to the next level. He said, Amen. Conversation ended. That's it. Prompt obedience. <laughs> Prompt obedience. I know that, you know, and there are many people like that in this church. I love it when people walk in the covenant. We're not joking here. God is faithful. Yeah, but you have to be a covenant person. Be mindful of what God is telling you, how God is working with you. Many people are missing opportunities in life because they close their mind to what God is saying. God shows you somebody. You know, bless that person. He said, for what? Has he done anything for me? Do they have to do anything for you? What did you do for Jesus to die for you? Yeah. Because it's only in Africa that you go to a restaurant to eat. You're supposed to tip people. He said, what did they even do? He said, it's not just have food. You know, when I started traveling, let me say this last, when I started traveling, especially to the U.S., <laughs> and I saw that they have a culture of tipping people, it assorted my mind as an African. Because I thought, ah, I'll come here and be dashing people dollar. What are they doing? It's not, are they not paid to do it? Until God started to work on my mind that that's the kingdom culture to be a blessing to people who serve you and honor you. Yeah. In most of the good restaurants there, they'll tell you, do like between 5 to 10% as tip. So you add it to your... Do it with gladness. You know some people here, you do it grudgingly. Or you even do it at all. You just get to that uh, tip place. You just... Don't worry, just... Yeah, yeah. I don't have change. Generosity is a kingdom value. Yeah. 
to just be generous to human beings and then we're generous to God. It breaks my heart when I sit in counseling and young ladies talk about men who don't take care of their spouses well. Yeah, it breaks my heart. Where to practice to start generosity is at home. At home. At home. At home. And it's not just a matter of the men. It's men and women alike. Women be generous to your husband too. We know it's our responsibility to first of all show generosity. But reciprocate it. Yeah. Yeah. Don't be a well that keeps taking and taking and nothing comes out of you. It's a kingdom value. And it's for all of us, male and female alike. Glory be to Jesus. Are you blessed today? Yes. Put your hands together and celebrate Jesus. Yes. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I want us to take a confession, put it on the screen. Can you stand on your feet, everyone, if you can? Let's take this confession together as we, uh, as we wrap up this message. I, I, I'm going to read it out and you're going to say it and follow me. We're building also a, a culture of confessing the word of God because what you say goes back into your heart and it registers and configures your heart. So I wanted to say after me, say, I'm a child of God. I'm created in God's image. And after his likeness. Therefore, as God is the creator, I'm also a creator. I'm full of power by the spirit of God. And the inspiration of the Almighty gives me understanding. I am creative. I am innovative. I'm a pioneer. The spirit of a pioneer is teared up within me. And I deliver uncommon solution to the problems in my generation. I am not a weakling. I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. Every day and in every way, I'm stronger in wisdom. And divinely curated ideas and inspirations come to me. I excel in all matters of wisdom about which I'm examined. Like Daniel, I distinguish myself above my peers. I see clearly the Holy Spirit teaches me all things. And I walk in prompt obedience. Lastly, I renew my mind from all negative influences and I receive God's strength in my innermost being. I can never be stranded. Can we say that one more time? Say, I can never be stranded. I break the hold of limiting thoughts and any satanic siege over my life is terminated. My mind is cleansed by the blood of Jesus. I do not have the spirit of fear. I am bold. I have the spirit of love. I have peace. And my mind is sound to produce a standing result in every area of my life. 
to the praise of the Almighty God. Somebody shout a believing amen. amen. Hallelujah. Put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Glory to Jesus. Lift your two hands with me today and begin to declare over your life, I'm creative, I'm innovative. The hand of God is upon my life. Stand against stagnation in any area of life. This month of November, as we wrap up 2022, my God is opening up new channels, new opportunities for you. You will see it. You will capture it. You will walk in the fullness of it. Speak to yourself today. The grace to manage well. The grace to pay attention to details. The grace to be innovative. It comes upon me afresh in the name of Jesus. It comes upon me afresh in the name of Jesus. It comes upon me afresh in the name of Jesus. Everything that God is said to do in my life will not elude me. I walk in the fullness, fullness of what God is doing in this season of my life. I am unstoppable. I am unstoppable. Somebody declare today, negativity will not stop me. Heal health will not stop me in the name of Jesus. Bad health will not stop me. I enjoy healing on a daily basis. Every organ in my body functions well in the name of Jesus. Healing comes to me readily in the name of Jesus. My body is healed. My mind is healed. I am mentally stable all through this season. In the name of Jesus, depression is far from me. I walk in fullness of life. In the name of the Lord Jesus, I enjoy the blessings of Abraham. I enjoy the blessings of Abraham. I enjoy the blessings of Abraham. Bless in the city. Bless in the field. Bless in the house. Bless when I wake up. Bless when I come in. Thank you, everlasting Father. And Father, we bless you for the teaching of today. Let it bear fruit in every life. Let no one remain the same again. Thank you for our healing springing forth speedily. No one under the influence of my voice shall be weak in body or soul in the name of Jesus. We thank you for supernatural ideas. Thank you because our hearts steered today will open up to new opportunities. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, Father. We thank you for restoration. Whatever anyone has lost here, step into a season of restoration. Restoration of opportunities. Restoration of resources. Restoration of relationships. In the name of Jesus Christ. Thank you, everlasting Father. We bless your holy name. Somebody who's blessed today, put your hands together, celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Celebrate Jesus. Glory be to Jesus. Please, you may have your seat. Have your seat. For everyone who has joined us online, I thank you for staying with us up till now. We're going to shut down the service in a few minutes. Uh, but before we do that, I'd love to pray for anyone in this service who may be saying, PG, I don't know Jesus as my Lord and personal Savior. I want to pray for you that God will start something new in your life, uh, that God will forgive your sins and cleanse you from every unrighteousness. Can I ask 
that everyone, if we can just bow our head just for a minute, just for a minute, just for the privacy of the moment, uh, just to help somebody's faith. If you are online, I want you to also be a part of this prayer. If you know that you are not saved, you are not born again, or maybe you said a prayer before, but you bustled into sin, and you want God to restore you, you want him to forgive you, you want to rededicate your life to Jesus, can I have the pleasure of praying for you just one minute, one minute. If you want to say this prayer with me, just right where you are, can I ask that you lift your right hand above your head and I'm going to pray for you. Just lift your right hand above your head. I'm going to pray for you right where you are, right where you are. This prayer will plug you right into the covenant of Abraham. You will never be the same again. There's no point second guessing your salvation. It's either you are in or out. You can't continue to sit on the fence. And God does not do casual relationships. He walks us into a covenant. And it's either you are in covenant with God or you are not. And if you are not, I want to introduce you to that covenant today as you submit your life to Jesus or as you rededicate your life to him. So if your hand is up, I want you to lift it well to Jesus. He's going to come into your life right now as we pray. You will never be the same again. If your hand is up, can you stand by your chair right there? Let me pray for you. If your hand is up, please stand by your chair right there. Thank you for standing. Just stand by your chair right there and let me pray for you. Let me pray for you. God will start something new in your life from today. So whether you are in the front or the back, if you want to say this prayer with me, please stand. If you are online, uh, please go to the chat or comment and let us know I'm, I'm giving my life to Christ or I'm rededicating my life to Christ. Please put it there so that our officials online can reach out to you. If you're standing or if you're online saying this prayer with me, I want you to say this after me. Say, Lord Jesus, today I ask that you forgive me my sins and that you cleanse me from every unrighteousness. Say, I stand for you today declaring you as my Lord and my personal Savior. I fully commit my life to you. Fill my heart with your spirit and give me a new beginning with you from this moment forward. Thank you for accepting me just the way I am. In Jesus' name.